Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. There was a time in America where we only had three channels. Anybody remember that? Little date you. Only three. And uh, I remember hearing every now and then we, you'd be watching television and they would, they, all of a sudden it would break in. They'd say, we interrupt this broadcast. And usually it was something, unfortunately it was something tragic. It was, I, I, I was just a little guy, President Kennedy's assassination, Martin Luther King. It was uh, Columbine. It was Princess Diana. It usually just almost always negative, of course, 9-11. But they would interrupt the broadcast, and it was always, always typically tragic. You know, there were really only two times they interrupted for good stuff. is when Apollo 11, when man walked on the moon, and then Apollo 13, when we got those guys back. And everything else was, was tragic. So they would interrupt really good stuff, like the Rockets playing in the finals, for O.J. the white Bronco going through L.A. Anybody just... And, and so this morning, I, I want to talk about this. They would interrupt good with tragic, but what if, we, what if we flipped that and interrupted tragic with good? But this time I'm talking about the programming in our thoughts. See, a lot of times we think by habit. And we have habitual thoughts, things that we've held on to, things that we've just gone to, and they are habitual. And so this morning, I, w- I want to talk about interrupting these thoughts, interrupting these habits and patterns, especially in our thinking. And then instead of returning to our normally regularly scheduled program, we go back to thinking something different. We do so many things by habit. Have you ever noticed that? You, you brush your teeth by habit. You do it the same way. You don't even think about it. You just do it the same. If you ever want to realize you, you don't do it the same way, uh, switch hands. <laughs> it's a weird feeling. And, but we do it by habit. We get dressed by habit. You put your socks on a certain way. Put your, you button your shirt a certain way. This, this, it's, a, it's a habit. <laughs> there was a little timid guy who'd been reading, been listening to an audio book on Be the Man of Your House. And he listened to that for about two weeks. He got pretty pumped up. He came in one day. He slammed his stuff down. He said, I came home early, looked at his wife, pointed his fingers. I came home early, so you're going to make me dinner, my favorite dinner. And after you make my favorite dinner, you're going to make my favorite dessert. And then while I relax and, and check things out on my laptop, you're going to do the dishes. And then after that, you're going to go upstairs and draw me a nice hot bath. And after I've taken my nice hot bath, guess who's going to dress me and comb my hair? His wife hadn't batted an eye the whole time. She looked at him, she said, my guest would be the funeral home. (laughs) So, (laughs) that clapping you hear is women thinking that was gonna be a really bad ending to this joke. The idea is that we still get, by the way, if you get dressed that way, just keep on getting dressed the same way. Don't, don't interject something like that. So we brush our teeth, we get dressed. You realize we check our phones by habit. It just, it's, it's almost habitual that, that we do that. But you can have thoughts that are habitual. 
When you face a challenge or something new, do you look at a, at a challenge and go, oh, this is great. This is an opportunity to learn and grow. Or do you think, oh, this, I could fail at this. How do you think about it? When you are dealing with situations that are difficult and challenging, do you think, well, I'm in this challenging situation, but it's going to change. Or do you think, ah, what's next? The other shoe going to drop. How do you think? How, how are, how are your, your thinking habits? We have thinking habits just like we have natural habits. But the great news is we don't have to keep the thinking habits. Jesus actually mentioned our thinking and our perspective on life in Matthew chapter 6, he was speaking and he said this. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, obviously Jesus is not just simply talking about your physical eye and having healthy eyes or unhealthy eyes. He's really talking about your perspective of life. If your perspective of life is good, if it's got light in it, then it, boy, it's a, it's a blessing and it's a light to you. If it's dark, almost every day is a bad day. It has so much difficulty. He said, how is your perspective on life? And the beautiful news, the great news is our connection with God, a relationship with him exposes us to new and healthy ways of thinking. We begin to get God's thoughts. Sandra McCracken is a, uh, a musician, said she was going to do a, a gig in Florida, and she's on her way south. She's sitting on the west side of the plane on the window aisle. It was an early morning flight. She said it was cloudy, and they ascended through the clouds. She's thinking about life, and she's thinking about stuff that she's dealing with. And she said her thoughts aren't good. They're anxious thoughts. They're negative thoughts. Just, she said, she called it the same old tapes playing over and over and over again. She said, she's just lost in those thoughts when someone on the east side of the plane raised their, their window shade, she said, and just a bright pink ray of sunshine just hit her in the face. And she said it automatically just lifted her spirits. And as she saw that, she looked out her window and she raised her shade and on the west side, it was still dark. The sun had come up on the other side and all of a sudden she called it. She said, you know, in life and going through life and the journey in life, we can focus on the negative, the dark, the things that aren't going good. There's always going to be those. She said, or we can shift our focus to all the good things that God has done and the light and the blessings and the help and the strength and everything he's done for us. He said, so you had one side of the plane bathed in light, the other side of the plane bathed in darkness. Our perspective makes all the difference. We can choose. And when Jesus said, if the light that's in you is, is good, boy, it's going to make a difference in your life. I want to give you a little story from the scriptures. It's actually one of my favorites. And it's the story of the nation of Israel. They had come out of Egypt. God had delivered them from years of hundreds of years of slavery. They've come out of Egypt. Moses led them out. Miraculous way they got out. They're going through the desert. God is taking care of them. He's provided for them. He's fed them. He's given them water. He's beaten their enemies. And they're right to the edge of the promised land, the land that God had said, this is going to be your land. It's a good land. And they're excited. You, you can imagine the nation for the first time. They're going to have their own land. They're going to be free people. They're going to have... They're going to have uh, space to build their own farms and ranches. It's going to be wonderful. 
And they come to the edge of the promised land and they send 12 guys into the promised land to check it out. And when they come back, they have a report. Now, all these 12 guys were leaders. And when they come back, the, 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 they begin to say, oh, it's a beautiful land. They say, oh, yeah, it's beautiful. He said, but we got some problems here, guys. He said, we've got big people there and the cities are, are fortified. This is, man, this is a well-developed area. And these people are there and they didn't act like they were leaving. They acted like they were going to stay. And we got problems. And as they're talking, Caleb had to quiet the people. He quieted the people before Moses. People got stirred up at that. and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they spied out, saying the land through which we've gone to spies is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from giants. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were in their sight. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, if only we died in the land of Egypt or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Two very different perspectives. Same land, different perspectives. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, let's go get it. This is great, man. This is, this is our land. We're well, able. We're well able to do this. Let's go get it. And yet there was a, a whole different perspective of the guys who, who brought up, they said, no, we can't do it. And they really brought up just a negative, light, dark. The negative that said, we can't do this. There are people there, they're, they're stronger. In fact, they said, we can't do it. The people are stronger than we are. And they said, we're grasshoppers. We look, like gra we look like grasshoppers to us. We look like grasshoppers to them. Do you know how you look in your own sight? It's how you perceive other people see you. And there they were thinking, we look like grasshoppers. We can't do this. And so there are two different reports, huge contrast, light, dark. And the people, so the people had a choice. But that night, the nation of Israel resorted to the same pattern they had established for years. Every time they would hit a problem, they would complain and take the worst case scenario. When they're by the Red Sea and the Egyptians are coming, they're like, we're going to die. Of course, God parted the Red Sea. They got through it, came through on the other side. And after they came through, they're like, yay. They sang horse and rider thrown into the sea. They're like, hey, it's good. But then they would hit another problem. No water. We're going to die. Every time they hit something, it's like, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. Oh, my gosh. Why are we out? Why has the Lord brought us out? Can, can you see a pattern? Every time they faced a problem, instead of assuming, hey, God got us out of Egypt. God broke the back of Egypt. He can get us out of this situation here. That's not what they said. They assumed immediately the worst. And then it's like a domino effect. Ever seen dominoes lined up? You knock one over, boom, 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 boom. So they start with, well, we're going to die. Why? You know, why has the Lord? So it first starts out, we can't do this. We're crying. Then we, it would have been better for us to have stayed in Egypt. Then it would have been better for us to die in the wilderness. And then why has the Lord, the Lord brought us out here to kill us? You're just like, how do we get there? 
Well, you ever notice what negativity, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't start and then just stop. It, it goes farther and farther. Ever notice that? You get, a, you get a pain sometimes in your leg and immediately the thought comes, it's cancer. <laughs> and you think, yeah, yeah, I'm probably, probably going to die. And first time I lose all my hair, all my teeth, no more die. And then, then you see yourself in the casket. And then you see who's not at your funeral and you're mad. <laughs> you're like, wait, whoa, 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 what? How did, how did it get to this? And what, what happens is if you're not careful, thought patterns have developed. And if you don't catch them and interrupt them and stop them, they'll just roll. So here's the nation of Israel. Man, they've gone negative, but they had a chance to interrupt that thought. They had an opportunity. Look what Joshua and Caleb said to them. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. Now, that, they, they weren't trying to expose themselves. That meant they were very passionate. And so they were ripped their clothes. I'm glad that tradition is gone. And they, they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land. They are our bread. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said, stone them with stones. So it's obvious they had not gotten out of that negativity. Had a chance. That was an interrupting thought. The interrupting thought was that Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who said anything at all about the Lord helping them. Those 10 spies never said, God can help us. God can do it. It was Joshua and Caleb. They said, no, no. If the Lord delights in us, if the Lord is pleased with us, if he's by his favor, we can get into this land. We can do this. Don't, don't, don't go against the Lord. He's been promising us this land. They're passionate. They're going, guys, don't do this. The Lord is good. The Lord will help us. They're, they're bread for us. We would say in my day, they're easy as pie. This is easy. We can do this. Don't fear them. The Lord is with us. Only ones that brought God in to that thing. Only ones that interrupted the negative thoughts with good thoughts. You can do that, but you have to make a choice. The nation of Israel went, no, we're not buying it. Kill these guys. You know the sad part of that is? is the nation of Israel stayed in the wilderness for another 40 years. But Joshua and Caleb went in. Years later, they went in. And I don't know about you, but I want to do everything I can to learn to think godly thoughts, to think God thoughts, to think what he says, to think in the light. I don't like thinking in the darkness. I don't like thinking that way. Thank God with God we can go to something different and we can do different. So you say, well, how... How do I interrupt these thoughts because I've had these thoughts? Well, that's a great question. Here's the first thing. First, we have to recognize the thoughts. And the challenge is sometimes we're, it's unconscious. We have just picked it up over time. We've learned from our parents. We've learned from environments we've been in. There's a little, little lady, little girl, she's about nine years old. And, and, and uh, they sat down for Thanksgiving dinner. And the father turned to the little girl and said, honey, why don't you say the blessing for us? And she said, I don't know what to say. And the father said, well, just say what mommy would say. And she bowed her head. She said, dear Lord, why in the world did I invite all these people to my house? <laughs> they pick up what we, they pick from up. There, there's the saying, more is caught than taught. When, uh, when I was growing up, both my parents 
uh, grew up in the Depression. Both of them grew up really in single-parent homes. Both of them uh, experienced poverty, and both of them had been hungry. And so in my house, right next to a blasphemy of the Lord, the last thing you did was not eat the food on your plate. And if there's any food there that, that I didn't like, I, I would balk at it. I hate onions. And, you know, but my man, my parents said, Alan, don't use the word hate. If you can give me a stronger word, I'll be glad to use that one. But I hate onions. And my, but my parents would say, my dad would say, son, this is not a cafeteria. Your mother made it. You're going to eat it. So, man, I learned creative ways to drop on, onions in my napkin, in my pants. I just, you know, I just, I learned how to get rid of onions. And we'll fast forward now to I'm a dad. And we're sitting down and Joy had made some salad. And I think the salad had olives in it. And Matt took a bite of olive and went, oh, he said, I can't eat this. Now, I love olives. Matt hates olives. And I looked at him and I said, son, this is not a cafeteria. <laughs> You're my, and I caught myself kind of midway. Like, whoa, 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 what am I saying? And I realized that unconsciously I had picked up a pattern from our parents. Do you realize that's what's happened? Oftentimes, we, we've just developed ways of thinking and ways of dealing with things and perspectives of life that almost are unconscious. He said, well, if they're unconscious, how in the world am I going to be able to recognize them? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because there is an answer for that. It's in Psalms 119. It says this. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So realize this, guys. When I, and when I encourage you to read your Bible, to read Bible 365, I'm not trying to get you to get gold stars. or not, There's no gold stars for me as your pastor if you do that. What I'm interested in is you getting God's light in your life. And God's light that begins to light up and show areas maybe where your thinking has been off. It's a process. But as you read his word, it begins to underline areas where maybe you're thinking, well, that's a fearful thought or that's a negative thought or that's a, that's a kind of thought I don't want. And you begin to realize you've, you've had exposure to God's way of thinking, his word, his way of thinking. And so it begins to uncover areas where you realize, I need to change that. When I was in Bible school, we... I was listening to preaching and teaching from Monday through Friday, four hours a day. And they warned us when we went home for the very first time for Christmas as students. They said, now listen, when you get home, you're going to think everyone around you has become negative. He says, they haven't become negative. They've always been that way. That's the way you used to be. But now you've been hearing God's word for such a long time. You go home and sure enough, you go home and you're like, wow, what happened to everybody? Why did everybody get so negative? It's not that they got negative. It's that you've been exposed to light. And when you're exposed to light, it begins to change your perspective. And when your perspective changes, when your perspective changes, guys, it changes stuff. It begins to change. And now you would look at a problem instead of feeling like, I can't handle this. I can never do this. I'm, I'm unable. Now you begin to kind of rise up like a Caleb and go, the Lord will help us. We can do this. Boy, it's a, it's a different way of living. It's a better way of living. It's living in the light. Now, there, you need some, when you begin to recognize these patterns of thoughts, and by the way, everybody's got them. Everybody say, Alan, when will I ever get rid of all the negative, bad thoughts and patterns in my life? When, you, when you're in heaven. And not until then. We all, while we're down here, it's a process. We're always learning. But we need some, what I call, intentional interrupters to go to. 
You need to be able to go to some, some scriptures when you face things and God's promises are the best way to go. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. Leave it up there just for a second. Notice, trust in the Lord. This is not just, we're not, I'm not talking about a mantra. I'm not talking about a philosophy. I'm talking about the living word of the living God that we can use to say, God, I've got a relationship with you. I've got a, this is a personal relationship and I'm taking this promise personally. If I trust in you, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. That's what those 10 spies did. They looked at it and went, we can't do this. Two guys went, I'm trusting the Lord in this. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. So you can begin to go, Lord, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trusting in you on this. I don't have to lean on my own understanding. My understanding says this is a tough situation, but trusting in you, it looks like I can do this. What am I doing? I'm talking about that becomes an interrupter. And so we, we need to take these verses and make them personal in your life. Now, all of us have thoughts. I can't do this. This is wrong. I'll, I'll never be this. I'll never be that. And our media team put together a video that actually stars our own Hannah Ellis. And I just thought it was a great video on interrupting our thoughts. Go ahead. doing out here? Who do you think you are? You know that this is just a phase, right? Every time you try something new, you fail. You will never be anything more than an insecure, incompetent little girl. That's why you're out here, right? To try and gain even just a little bit of approval. Well, you won't get it because nobody likes you. Nobody will ever like you. You might as well just quit now.
nothing can separate you from my love. Where can you run that I won't follow? You may think you are not enough, but I say, you are chosen. I am chosen. You are blessed. I am blessed. You are anointed. I am anointed. My grace is sufficient for you. Your grace is sufficient for me. You have not been forgotten. I have not been forgotten. You are loved. I am loved. I thought that video did a great job of describing really how the thoughts we think often are not good, but we can interrupt them with God's thoughts. How can you be intentional with interrupting? Let me give you three things to do. Intentionally interrupting. Here's some habits of interrupters. Intentionally interrupting. You can, you can print it. You can praise it. You can pray it. Print it. You know, I... Uh, we had some cousins in, Joy had some cousins in from California last week, and uh, uh, cousin Joe went to have dinner with Matt and Kelly, he and, he and his wife. And they, he walked in Matt's bathroom, and, and those sticky notes are all over the bathroom. I'm blessed, chosen, you know, I, I'm called of God. All the, all the notes, he, wa he walked out of the bathroom, and he went, I feel like a new man. He looked at his wife and said, you've got to go to the bathroom. You've got to. <laughs> well, he realized having, having something uh, triggers, having something that you can remind yourself of what God's thoughts are towards you. We've already had enough of our own thoughts. I want to interrupt those with God's thoughts. I've got a little rock that my sister sent me. It said, God is helping me. It sits right beside my bed. God is helping me. What am I doing? I'm interrupting those. So you can, you can begin to, to think it. You can praise it. You can take the promises of God that are personal to you and you can just praise God with it. Lord, I trust you with all my heart. I don't lean on my own understanding. Thank you, Lord. As I acknowledge you in all my ways, you will direct my paths. What are you doing? You're using it as a way to praise God. And, and all these things, I, I would suggest as much as possible, profess it. Do it out loud. Do it with your voice. To hear your voice doing it, for one thing, you've got to stop thinking about what you're doing to hear what you're saying. And then the last thing is praise. I mean, pray it. You can use it as a prayer. You can use it to begin to pray. Uh, Dr. Mark Rutland is coming in a couple of weeks. He's an author, pastor, missionary. He's been a president of two colleges. And he said one time when he was in one of the darkest times in his life, the pressure and the stress, he was trying to build some things, trying to work with a multi-million dollar budget, and just the pressure was driving him to a dark place. And he said he just felt like he was standing on the edge and there was nothing, nothing but an abyss down there. And the enemy was whispering in his ear, you don't have a prayer. You don't have a prayer. He said, and he's just, he's just thinking about that, looking, he said, the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit said, yes, you do. 
you've got a prayer. And it was the Lord's prayer. You want to say it with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you notice that's such a powerful prayer? And you had to stop to say it and think on those thoughts. And he said he just began to take that prayer in every day. He said sometimes he felt like he prayed it hundreds of times a day. He said, well, you know, who can do that? People who need to get out of a dark spot. People who need to get answers. Everyone's screaming mental health, and I get it. There's a lot of it out there. But guys, we've got some answers. We can begin to inject and interrupt these negative thoughts with God's thoughts. There's no healthier way of thinking than to take God's word and make it part of our thoughts. And that is a powerful thing to do. So interrupt some thoughts this week. Don't try to, maybe you take the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you take Psalms 23. Maybe you take this, the verse I gave you. Maybe you take a personal promise, but begin to say that, begin to think that, begin to interrupt any negative thoughts. Maybe you're looking at a situation and everything in you says, I can't, I can't, I can't. Maybe you begin to say what Caleb said, we can do it. Let's go up at once. The, if the Lord helps us, we're gonna make it. We don't have to be afraid. What a great way to think. Thinking in the light instead of thinking in the dark. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? This morning, if you came or you're watching online and you say, you know what, Alan, I, I don't even know that I have a relationship with the Lord or I'm not sure of it. Or maybe you've been there I, like I was at one time and realized I've gotten so far away from God and I recognize I need to come back. But we're gonna say a simple prayer. We're not gonna have you stand up or come to the front, but right where you're sitting, this prayer is for you. If you're watching online, you can pray this with us. If you're here, this is a wonderful prayer to pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, but I'm gonna ask you to do one thing. If that's you that I'm talking to, and you say, Alan, I don't know where I, where I stand with God, but I wanna be sure, or I know I need to come back to him, would you pray for me? Real quickly, slip your, your hand up across this auditorium. Thank you, yes, thanks, thanks. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, wonderful, great. You can put your hands down. Maybe you didn't feel like you could lift your hand, but you wanted to. Obviously, I can't see if you're online, but here's the deal. We're going to pray this prayer, and you can, you can join us with this prayer. If you're by yourself online, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly. If you're here, we're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. His heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer, for those who've come back to you, for those who've also walked out of darkness into light. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for the power. Thank you for what Jesus did for us. And thank you, Father, it can become ours personal. And Father, for all of us who love you, 
who walk with you, who want to know you better. Thank you that we can begin to interrupt any negative thoughts that you didn't plant and replant them with your word. We thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.